This is Pro Wrestling's only modern day Viking Gunner, and you're on Turnbuckle Talk. Hey, this is Nick Magnus Tolders, and you're listening to Turnbuckle Talk. Hi, this is Leva Hey, this is Jeff Jarrett, the king of the mountain and founder of Global Force Wrestling. And you're listening to Turnbuckle Talk. Hey, fellas, uh, you guys have a great day. And and this is only because I'm talking to Canadians. It is actually spitting snow in Tennessee. Oh, my God. That's that's a great (laughs) We've had 70-degree weather here. We really had a warm December. And I get on the phone with damn Canadians and we're spitting snow. My name is Carl Carafel, and this is Turnbuckle Talk, episode number 325, entitled The World Wrestling Entertainment Company. This episode tonight brought to you by Rogue Energy. Check out RogueEnergy.com, where you can get yourself some amazing energy drinks with less sugar, no crash, and amazing great taste. Use the promo code OLEPODS and get 10% off your order every single time. As we come into this episode tonight, I want to welcome my good friends, Chris Best and Chris Parrish. Gentlemen, welcome and thank you for coming here with me tonight. Oh, you're quite welcome. Thank you for having me and we've got Ed in the chat here as well. Thank you, Ed, for stopping by. I know the drill. You're going to watch the VOD because you got some NXT to watch. But I appreciate you, my friend. <laughs> yeah, Ed, it's a triple header tonight. It definitely is. For us here, anyways. Yeah. Yeah, so little programming notes update in case people have missed it, Chris Best will now be the new co-host of Turnbuckle Talk going forward every single week. And I am very happy and excited to have you on board with Turnbuckle Talk and with Turnbuckle Studios and our local establishment, my friend. So welcome Thank you. to your official first as full-time co-host. Chris Parrish, you're just a gorgeous looking man. That's all. Well, thank you. I I tried Botox last week. I hope it looks well. It worked perfectly. (laughs) It worked perfectly. (laughs) 
You don't want to see my backside, I swear. <laughs> Got a Ken Brock thing going on back there. Yeah, it, it's, it's, not pulling, it's, yeah. it's yeah, not yeah. Yeah, the Homer Simpson. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, C Rector XO. We are good. Yes, Parrish. Keep your keep your thoughts to yourself, Doctor Pepper. Doctor Pepper. <laughs> <laughs> Doctor Pepper. As always, we like to try to bring you guys news and uh, information that may not be there in the mainstream or in the forefront. And we definitely do have a little bit of that tonight, but we also have a lot of forefront information to talk about here with everyone as well. I want to start off with probably one of the biggest pieces of news outside of the WWE at this time. And that's a a return of CM Punk. Tony Khan is saying that he expects a positive reaction to CM Punk's return on Collision, which is only merely days away. Before we get into that, um, no, we're going to have to get into it first because it, uh, wait, where is it? I got it right here. I got it right here. I was looking in the wrong area. Joe, our good friend Joe Morin, has provided a little bit of information on this as well for us. He is working tonight, but he wanted to make sure that this came out. So I want to play this video for everyone here first, and then we'll come back and discuss this and talk. So everyone, the vocal stylings and the mind of Joe. Hey guys, Carpa Joe here. Thought I'd hop on here very briefly. I know I... I'm not around the world of professional wrestling too much anymore these days, but there's something that showed up on my radar that has uh, piqued my interest. Mr. CM Punk coming back to AEW, which I think is pretty darn cool. I know he's a pretty polarizing individual in the world of professional wrestling, but you know what? Especially with guys like Iron Sheik and whatnot, uh, gone now. Sir Roddy Roddy Red Piper as well. That, uh, you know, we need some polarizing individuals and those who aren't afraid to speak their mind. You know, and even kind of some inconvenient truths about professional wrestling, which he also likes to do. So I, I think it is wonderful that he is being still given a platform, um, you know, to speak and um, get kind of some alternative viewpoints out there. So I, I'm pretty excited to see him come back on AEW and just professional wrestling in general because, you know, especially personality-wise, you know, even Mr. Piper himself said that Punk was one of the best characters in on the mic. So it is, uh, I think it would be really cool. Uh, to see him back kind of doing his thing and um you know it may even get me involved back watching it again which has uh, not been the case recently all right guys well i will see you later uh, thanks for kind of being on here a little bit of a different way but you know like i just wanted to come on here and talk briefly about that because I, I do miss you guys and i do miss kind of talking about professional wrestling a little bit and who knows Mr. cm punk makes some noise here maybe you'll start seeing me a little bit more often And there you go, coming from Joe, from Mighty Joe, Corporate Joe, Big Joe, whatever you would, Joe, you want to call him, our friend and uh, co-founder of Turnbuckle Talk, Joe. He's excited about CM Punk, and I know that there's a lot of people, Joe said it himself, that he's a very polarizing figure. There's a lot of people who are for this and a lot of people who are against this. I don't know your guys' take on this, but we're damn sure going to find out. And I want to start with you, Parrish. What is your take on CM Punk's returning to AEW? 
Well, at the end of the game or end of the day, you gotta you gotta look at what makes the most sense of drawing tickets, gaining interest, and creating a buzz. Uh, because in this world of professional wrestling, you gotta be able to keep the fans talking about your product. You gotta get them to buy tickets to your product and whatnot. CM Punk knows how to create the narrative, and he knows how to get people talking. Uh, whether you like him, you love, or you hate him, it doesn't matter. Are you going to pay to watch him? And a lot of people might pay to watch him fail. A lot of people may uh, pay to watch him succeed, but they're paying to watch him nonetheless. It's very hard to get stars in professional wrestling. CM Punk is a star. He's a name. He's a name that is a crossover, whether it's in the movies, whether it's into uh, the UFC. Um, he is somebody who's well-known. And with his time spent in WWE, he is somebody who's on the marquee. Mm -hmm. And because of that, it's a great thing for AEW. If they can make this relationship work, Tony Khan has all the reason in the world to be very positive and expect that positive reaction for his return at collision. Oh, yes. JJ coming in saying, what up, Carl and friends? Thank you so much, JJ, for coming by. I appreciate you very, very much. Hit me up. You still haven't hit me up yet. Um, I got to still send you some information as well. So we'll uh, we'll make sure we get that done, JJ. Thank you so much. Chris, your take on this CM Punk returning to AEW in the world of professional wrestling. I mean, I got to agree with Joe. Punk is very polarizing, but he gets people talking, as Parrish said. There's going to be a lot of morbid curiosity around how he's going to be handled over the next three, four months, I'm going to say. Right. There's um, My curiosity is how is the relationship with the, with the Bucks, Kenny Omega, how is that going to pan out as far as working in the locker room? Are they, or, or even uh, uh, Colt Cabana. How are those relationships in the locker room going to work out for Punk in the end? And I, I think that um, kind of what's happening here right now is that we're probably going to have Punk as the face of Collision. So he may not really have yeah. to deal very much with the Young Bucks, with Omega, with but what know, about when anyone they do that was... Right. And, and then at that point, you know, CM Punk is now the face of this brand. We're going to we're I'm calling them brands. He's the face of this brand. So, yeah, he has his own locker room. He doesn't have to deal with that bullshit. No one has to deal with his bullshit. All the bullshits contained into one little package. CM Punk or sorry, his locker. room. And I suppose you could have. I suppose, like, let's say he has to work. Kenny Omega in a match. I'm certain. I guess you could have a middleman talk about what they want to do in the match between one another, or a mediator of sorts. You could, could. JJ, I'm kind of in the same same uh, uh, situation as you right now. Uh, JJ says uh, I've exited the CM Punk fan club. Done with that bozo. I mean, I've been done with CM Punk for a while now. If this is going to be something that's good for business then, okay, I'm all right with this, right? If it's going to better AEW, then I will go along with it. I don't have to like it, but I want what is best for the company and professional wrestling. 
Paris, you're gonna have to adjust your camera or something because we're covering your face every time a comment comes yeah, up here. It says, "Good evening, you magnificent tonight. bastards, and congratulations to Mister Best taking my place alongside Carl on Turnbuckle Talk. You earned it soon," says Joe. Well, and you, Joe, bro. I hope that you were here for uh, we played your video. Um, that's how this conversation has all come about. So I appreciate that greatly. Um, but yeah, I'm I'm just I'm I'm not a huge fan of CM Punk anymore. I'm I'm in that same boat as you, Carl. I'm I'm done with him as well. But like I said, there's just a bit of morbid curiosity because of the talk that's going on. And like I said, I want to see where this is, where where this relationship is three or four months down the road. Right. <laughs> Parrish poking his head up there. JJ says, uh, if it's best for business, then he doesn't need to get in the ring again. And I, and I, I mean, I definitely understand that. And yes, Joe, thank you. I definitely understand that. Um, at the same time, if he's not in the ring, are the people going to be buying the tickets because he's not in the ring? Or are they going to buy the tickets because he's in the ring? And, you know, kind of open up that, this new brand that AEW has. So, you guys have any other thoughts on this? I think one of the things that kind of turned me away from CM Punk when he was in AEW, because I'm not going to lie, like CM Punk was definitely somebody I was a fan of back when he was in WWE, back when he was in Ring of Honor. Um, right. But when his promos carried out of professional wrestling and he went, you know, kind of like a lot do in AEW, they kind of go to the outskirts of, you know, the real life or, you know, get that petty heat or get mm -hmm. that petty pop. Um, I, I, I didn't really like that as much uh, for a guy like Punk. Um, but then when he was also, he was trying so much in the ring that he shouldn't. And you go back to when he kept trying that buckshot lariat. And it was like me in chemistry class. It just never worked out. You got to try mm -hmm. something new. Man, um, and it just you know, given his age, given his athletics uh, athleticism, which we all knew he was a very ugly athlete in in the ring. Right? He's he's good. He was good, but he was a very ugly athlete. Yeah. Um, he he has to learn like not to just do all these moves just because you can doesn't mean you should. Right. And that's something that I I really do hope that he would at least. He, he will learn from. I know there's probably a lot of excitement for him to come back. Um, but also, AEW, I think, have... It's either about to release, or maybe it's a fan release, but there is a uh, CMFTR shirt. So it looks like yeah, CM Punk, along with the Revival, yeah, are going to be a focal point of that uh, brand. So yeah. um, Dax Harwood has openly say, uh, stated how much he does want him back. Mm -hmm. I think the the narrative of CM Punk not uh, not being well liked might be blown out of proportion. He's probably not well liked by the people who love the elite, <laughs> but right. I don't know. I, I think there's a lot of people. Uh, and Billy Gunn just came out and said that uh, he wasn't as bad as people thought uh, said he was either. And if a guy like Billy Gunn says that, who's in the locker room, very well respected, very polished, very uh, mature himself inside of, uh, of that then who are we to judge in question right mm -hmm. right <clears throat> you got anything else on that chris um no i mean paris just said everything i was i was thinking <laughs> <as well>. <laughs> sorry <laughs> that's all right uh no no it's all good it's all good i appreciate that well i was gonna say like i do actually remember like when you 
when you said uh, Billy Gunn uh, said he was a great guy, he was friendly and everybody and shaking hands, kissing everybody's ass back in the locker room. I actually do remember a lot of wrestlers coming forward in defense of Punk after that whole incident mm-hmm. with Kenny Omega and uh, the Young Bucks as well. Right. Yeah. Right. Could, could we just chalk this up that it could just be a, a generational gap in the locker room? Um, That's what that, I'm thinking. I might not, might be able to go with a lot of wrestling companies now, especially when you have guys that were around in the the you know early 2000s and then and the people coming in now opposed to the guys that were from the 90s. I mean, those are three completely different generations with three completely different styles and yeah. three completely different perceptions <laughs> of how uh, wrestling works with oh, yeah. three completely different fan bases. That, and some yeah. are crossover too. So, like, we got to look at that that as well. And there's there's so much more to just a narrative of, I know, like, Punk, because he, he, he doesn't like Kenny Omega. It's like, okay, get right. over that. Cool. <laughs> Right. No, no, totally get that. Totally get that. Punk is net positive for the business. At least Joe thinks so. You know what I think is good for business? Allison Danger. Allison Danger is absolutely fantastic for business inside the ring. Worked with many different companies over her professional wrestling career, and she has now returned to the WWE to work with NXT at the Performance Center as a quote-unquote at this time guest coach. So like you and I talked about, Parrish, before uh, before getting on here, the word guest coach typically is like tryout, mm-hmm. essentially, is what that means, right? So I mean, look at, look at Shawn Michaels. He was a guest coach before he became a coach. Right. Exactly. Exactly. I'm, I'm like super happy about this, that she is back. Um, Mm. She is there. She is going to be helping. Everything is going to be good again. I hope for the women in the developmental system to have somebody with the wisdom and experience especially somebody who has experience in a coaching capacity like Allison Danger or like Sarah Amato, um, you know, both of those names working together, if hopefully working together. Also add Molly Holly to that. Yes. Yes. Molly Holly as well. Is Nora there? Yeah. She's a producer. Yeah. Oh, that's right. Yes. Okay. So there we go. There we go, and then we just and then just in a couple of years, maybe even add Natalia to that, um, and then you look at possibly maybe even Tamina. I was okay. just going to say Tamina would be great there. The the amount of just pure knowledge, the amount of experience, but also the respect that comes with uh, the names of Allison Danger, uh, like mm-hmm. all the girls we do, but primarily the Allison Danger. I mean, that is such a benefit for the young ladies coming in uh, in uh, the NXT and developing. Like, just imagine you look at the NXT Women's Champion, Tiffany Stratton, and just, like, how much she could benefit from having this this type of uh, person just backstage, being able to bounce ideas, bouncing, uh, should I do this? Uh, how do I do this? Why should I do that? Um, right. But then also, like, 
it's such a benefit to the product. And uh, I think this is one of those moves that you can really see, okay, this is probably yeah. why William Regal was brought back to the WWE. Yeah. She brings with her a world of knowledge based off of everywhere she's been. So she brings in all kinds of different wrestling styles that she can teach these women and the men as well. Exactly. So I'm kind of excited to see what comes of the class that she's teaching right now. And something that I love besides a Mel ball is that she is back there working with her brother, which is absolutely fantastic. I'm going to break some kayfabe here, Allison danger and Steve Carino, our brother and sister. So they're back together, working together, which is absolutely fantastic. eh? Right. Right. So can you imagine the two of them working together to come up with something to do trainings? If, if they need help with, you know, production, if they need help with story, if they need help with anything, those two names alone working together and how great it would it be to work with your sibling, as long as you've got a good relationship with them. And I'm going right? to, I'm going to tell this right now too. If you're an NXT rookie and you're actually watching this podcast, thank you. But, uh, Pick her brain, definitely, because oh, I'll yes. tell you right now, when I worked as a rookie in my first year, my first show was with Chris Thorne. I immediately went to him and picked his brain, and he told me everything I needed to know about my first show, how to handle the audience, how to be a heel manager, because I was a manager uh, for that first show. Right. He told me everything I needed to know about that. And I've carried that knowledge with me, and I'll carry that knowledge with me to the grave. <laughs> I don't blame you. <laughs> I don't blame you. I think one of the things I really enjoyed about Alice in Danger, especially in her run of Ring of Honor, you could just see the confidence she uh, just brought out every time she appeared, whether it was on the microphone, inside a ring, anything. Um, you didn't see a lot of nerves. She might have been a nervous wreck inside. Who knows? But she didn't show it. A right. true professional there, but also like someone that is very polished in that mm-hmm. crowd. And when you right. look at the NXT, yeah, that is a completely different spectrum of people who are polished, people who are starting off, just a mixture of different levels of experience. But being able to, for Alice in Danger, not only help out the people that uh, sometimes don't even know A to B, but also the people trying to put together those paragraphs. I mean, she's going to be able to help them all. She's very well-versed and very uh, very smart. Um, so it's going to be just an absolutely sh- like bright light uh, for uh, the potential of the people in NXT and the Performance Center. Exactly. And I love that the Performance Center and NXT are kind of still together, which allows for that to happen. It's not uh, like a separate entity. Um, they're there in NXT is in the Performance Center training and working and doing everything that needs to be done right there big things happening for nxt though um they're filing for more trademarks happening here they've now seemingly filed for another new trademark we'll get to that in just a moment just a little while ago they filed for the name metaphor for noam dar's new faction as well as to get back 
the names Candice LeRae and Tegan Knox because those trademarks actually expired back in December. The new one that they have put in for trademark is called NXT Gold Rush. What it is right now, we have absolutely no clue, but we can say that, you know, WWE held a Gold Rush tournament in 2005 mm-hmm. back yeah. then. Um, it was won by Edge, who was the Money in the Bank uh, briefcase holder at that time. We have no idea if this is going to actually be a matchup or if Gold Rush is going to be the name of a pay-per-view. There's no indications right now, but I'm happy about it. I'm excited for it. I'm loving that NXT is growing and kind of taking on its own brand. Yeah. Not just now being referred to as down there or back to, right? We've now got Basser with us in the chat as well. <laughs> Good to see you, my friend. I appreciate you. But to have them almost being their own brand is absolutely fantastic for me. Do you guys have any speculations or any actual uh, factual information on this that I haven't seen yet i mean i don't but i have some ideas on what it could be okay um the one is just a standard tournament similar to what they did in 2005 for the gold rush right but why not do a another tournament style similar to the g1 climax using nxt wrestlers okay okay i could get behind that um having you know a, a nice longer drawn out tournament um as long as we're not going to get an nxt ple that's going to be six hours long like new japan does at times oh yeah no no (laughs) (laughs) i mean like maybe something because to me nxt stand and deliver is nxt's wrestlemania so maybe you can do something to build to that right you definitely could Is, is 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 that can Canada 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 Kaka 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 What's what's Kaka? Plugo, use your big boy words. Come on, my friend. Those might be his big boy words. I don't know. <laughs> but it's nice to, nice to see you again, Plugo. How you been? Uh, oh, it's so good to see you. Thank you. I appreciate you coming by. This is absolutely fantastic. Uh, you know, turnbuckle talk still going, and we've got. Uh... <laughs> I don't have those. <laughs> yeah, sometimes I don't have big boy words either. Um, <laughs> sometimes I don't. Parrish, do you? What, what are your thoughts on this? Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm trying to uh, look at okay, what what does the main roster have? And they they like you said they have, have WrestleMania and NXT has Stand and Deliver. Um, you also have you know like the Royal Rumble, well, or as NXT debuted the Iron Survivor uh, late last year. And mm-hmm. then maybe just maybe yeah. like the main roster, they could have King and Queen in the ring, while maybe the Gold Rush and the Dusty Classic could be something NXT has. I'm thinking if this is maybe another potential uh, match idea that helps separate uh, the NXT from the Raws and Smackdowns and give them a little bit of something from their own. Um, right. They actually uh, introduced a Gold Rush tournament in NXT in 2012. Uh, as well, That's and it was done to determine the first ever NXT champion. 
um, with four NXT wrestlers and four main roster starts that ended up with Seth Rollins beating Jinder Mahal to win that inaugural NXT title. Uh, so see, there's your facts for you. <laughs> mm-hmm. But uh, so I wonder if this is uh, potentially a match to help either find out who uh, number one contender is, or maybe it's there to establish a breakout champion. Maybe it's one of those for like a level up and maybe they have a tournament to find out, okay, mm-hmm. which one of, uh, which one of these uh, competitors can win the gold rush. And not only do they jump up to the NXT, but they jump up with the title shot in tow. And if that's the case, that's a great way to elevate somebody onto the platform right away with some right. sort of credibility because they now have that championship match. Yeah. Uh, we, we've seen stuff like that happen in the past with NXT because um, I, I go back to, like, say, uh, TNA and Impact with the Feast or Fired match and how much that kind of brought intrigue into the product. This could be a very similar thing for NXT and or Level Up as well. And I mean, the, the 2005. Hold on, hold on just a second there, Chris. Since we're talking NXT right now, Ed has some breaking NXT news for us. Says, not sure if you guys are staying up with NXT, but Seth is now defending back to back nights Monday and Tuesday. Um, is Braun Breaker? Is that who he's going up against? Is that Braun Baker? Yeah. Breaker did leave the open challenge last week. Yeah, I do. I do have NXT going on in the background as well, but okay. I was going to bring that up, Ed. But I also wanted you to be the guy later uh, tonight with taking over with your guest host, Mark Talks Wrestling, uh, which you can find on the OLE platform right after this show at about e. About 10, 10, 20 Eastern around that time. Uh, I wanted you to be the one that broke it. So I'm very happy you at least mentioned it uh, because you are our voice of NXT over at our local establishment. But yeah. Along with Astrid as well. Yeah. But she's like, she's more the face. Like we talked about this on WrestleDraft. Astrid is definitely the face of NXT for OLE. And Ed, obviously with his rants, is now the voice. Hello. Right. More. <laughs> I can eat the comment. <sighs> Double Dana Brooke segment. Jeez. Oh my God. Speaking of toilet sessions. <laughs> so, Chris, I apologize. Your thoughts. Well, I was going to say, like, uh, based off what Parrish had said, I mean, that was the, the whole point of the 2005 gold rush was to promote Edge. Mm-hmm. Edge was being pushed as the next top dude. Yeah. Right. Definitely no, like, he was. Something I did want to point out, because after I was I was reading that with Dusty Rhodes being the guy that uh, brought that in, uh, we now see like William Regal kind of being the assistant to Triple H. And Triple H is very well known of having somebody by his side to help him along the way. I mean, he had uh, Dusty Rhodes at, at that beginning part of NXT and then uh, William Regal later on. Right. Um, now right. he has, uh, I'm trying to remember the guy from... Uh, He's got Jeremy Borash with him right Thank now. Thank you. That was the name I was rem- trying to remember. So, yes, Jeremy Borash over at NXT. I'm wondering if uh, he is also talking with Cody a little bit about those ideas as well, because Cody's a very uh, old soul when it comes to the thought process of professional wrestling, and he's right. not far off from the uh, tree of the American dream himself. Uh, yeah. So, right. Um, but also, you got, you got that, then you have William Regal, potentially also uh, maybe helping out guys like Shawn Michaels and now Shawn Michaels could have uh, like Amal Hall, all these other ones. So I wonder if this is just 
a little bit of an ode to Dusty a little bit on bringing this back because it was something that really grew the root of NXT from day one. So right, definitely could be, and I would be more than happy with that. I'm I'm super happy when it comes to you know building and helping and creating new, and to see all of that happen with NXT is absolutely fantastic. I also love that that transitions over into the main roster, whether it's Raw or SmackDown as well. Even when we're talking about Irishmen. That's right. Finn Balor actually has teased adding a new member to the Judgment Day, possibly. As we saw last night on Monday Night Raw. This has been a very big story lately outside of the... Um, you know, bloodline story. We've got the judgment day stories that have been going on. And this one is just the next episode in this series that we're seeing for the judgment day. Damien priest maybe is out and JD McDonough is in. That's speculation that is not truth to anything right now. But from what we've been seeing, there's many different ways that we can actually take this. But JD McDonough has been a focal point since coming over from NXT to Monday Night Raw. And him and Finn Balor keeping together, sticking together, and seemingly having a friendship to a possible working relationship go on. Chris Best, I want to hear your thoughts on this because you had thoughts on it last night, and I want to hear what you're uh, what you're thinking now, hearing a little bit more. So I'm still all for it because we're going to get that, um, that uh, teacher-student relationship. We're probably going to still build to a few towards that because I just got the thought in my brain. Remember when The Rock joined the Nation of Domination and it was because of Farouk bringing him in and Farouk began to regret it and then the Nation turned on Farouk? What if we get that storyline with J.D. McDonough coming in, mm -hmm. turning the Judgment Day against Finn, thus turning Finn babyface? And we get Finn and J.D. That's an interesting way to go about it. It definitely is an interesting way to go about it. I have a hard time seeing JD McDonough as a face, though. Um, no, no, JD would be the, the heel. constant scowl. Okay, okay, okay. Because I was gonna say that constant scowl that he has on his face, and I'm not, I'm not making fun of the way he looks, he just always yeah. has like this resting dick face going on, and that's just him. But because of that, I can't see him as a face so to keep him as a heel would be perfect idea perish yeah i mean i have an idea as well because as we all know that uh finn balor actually has that world heavyweight championship at money in the bank yeah damian priest has now qualified for that money in the bank uh ladder match um what if potentially this was all designed um, to kind of lead to something at Money in the Bank? Because as we saw last night on Monday Night Raw, there's a lot of teases with Finn Balor kind of almost doing his own thing. 
while being in the group. You know, he makes a little comment that allows Rhea to slap him, tell him to shut up in Spanish. Um, but also there is almost that divide or that tease of a, a division between uh, Priest and Balor where, you know, Balor was the one who interrupts the conversation with uh, J.D. McDonough and Finn and then he questions right. uh, Finn Balor whether or not he can keep his word by staying out of his match. He then says he's going to do uh, his match with Matt Riddle by himself. Mm -hmm. So he's taken upon himself to kind of separate a little bit from the group. And if you remember back from the Evolution days, Batista did something very similar as well, which resulted mm -hmm. in Triple H then turning on, on them. Um, now, it, it was done in different ways, obviously, um, but at the same time, what if uh, Finn Balor fails to defeat uh, Seth Rollins at Money in the Bank while Damian Priest earlier in the night wins Money in the Bank and uses a beat-up Seth Rollins from that as an opportunity to cash in and become the world heavyweight champion? Therefore, your standing image to finish this show actually shows Finn Balor looking over at his stablemate Damian Priest as the guy that did what he failed to do, but on the accord of his work as well. Damian Priest then keeps his word by saying he's not going to cash in on Finn like Finn asked him on Raw, but he also does his own thing thus then now creating a plan with Finn Balor wanting to bring in JD McDonough because he knows he can trust JD whereas after this could be a division in the trust between Damien and Finn Balor so much to take in there I want to hear your guys' comments all of you that are listening to this or watching this after the fact I want you guys to leave your comments down below on this entire Judgment Day situation, including J.D. McDonough. And remember, if you haven't already and you're watching on YouTube, it's totally free for you to leave a thumbs up for us. That thumbs up goes a very long way in helping get this program pushed out to more people and added into that algorithm so that we can be shown to more people. And if you're if you want to subscribe to the channel as well, ring that notification bell, then you'll get notified every time that we are live. You want to check out some really cool content to make sure that you are checking out our friends over at Real Wrestling. That's realwrestling.net. News and views by real fans. Turnbuckle Talk is part of that as well. Each and every week we go international when Real Wrestling puts this program up for everyone to see. So thank you to our friends over with Real Wrestling. Net. We're going to cool off a little bit here as I take a drink of my non-sponsored Dr. Pepper because this next topic is a little upsetting. It is very disturbing. The lengths that some people will go to make a dollar. We've seen this situation happening in the past with 
Rhea Ripley, and even Rey Mysterio. But now it has happened to Jeff Hardy. There is a video that is floating around there on the interwebs and especially on the Twitter box. Um, just look up Just Talk Wrestling. It's The video is there. That's where I was able to find it from. Um, they write, minding poor Jeff Hardy, minding his own business, and these weirdos rush him with an avalanche of things he needs to sign like he owes them all that. Nothing wrong with politely asking for something, but this is so awkward. Before we get into it, though, Jeff's brother, Matt, came to, I don't want to say the defense of Jeff, but kind of informed everyone, letting them know that Jeff doesn't actively look at anything on Twitter unless he has something to post. So I'm going to address this. This is definitely taking advantage of Jeff's kindness. If you see a wrestler in the airport and ask for an autograph or two, that's acceptable. This isn't not appropriate or cool. Parrish, I know that you're itching. I want to hear your thoughts on people coming up to uh, stars with a multitude of different things for them to autograph. Yeah, and I, I mean, I can understand wanting to get an autograph. I can understand wanting to take a photo with somebody that you're very envious of because they're on your television screen. They're somebody you follow every week. Um, I can understand that. Um, but the one thing you also have to understand is they are just like you and I. They're people. Um, and there's a right place. There's a wrong place. And I understand that the question could be, well, when am I ever getting in this opportunity um, that's fine, but also understand the situation you're in. If you're at the airport and they're trying to make a flight, uh, you know, there, there's something on the go uh, for that person. And also, two people needing uh, just a plethora of things to sign from him. I mean, at, at some point, I mean, just say when. I mean, one or two things, very acceptable. You'll be fine, as Matt said. Like, no problem. But when it becomes a little excessive, understand that that's a little much. And if your end game is to just make a dollar and not do any real work and you do it at somebody's expense, you're a piece of trash, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, There is an honest day's work and there is not an honest day's work. And that is not an honest day's work. All you're doing is basically you're... you're exposing uh, the fame of somebody else for your personal success and that is just wrong and that is despicable in fact I I really wish it was illegal to be quite honest me too me too Chris what what are your thoughts on this I know you share the same sentiments but I definitely do because (laughs) I've um Again, I'm going to go back because we when we talked about the Rhea Ripley situation, we I brought up the Sasha uh, the Sasha Banks incident when mm. that happened to her too. Yes, and she came out saying that like yeah, she doesn't mind taking a picture with with the fans, and that's cool and all that signing maybe a magazine cover that she was on whatever. 
But at three o'clock in the morning or anything like that, when the wrestler's getting off the plane, the first thing they want to fucking do is go to bed and go to their hotel and just maybe eat something, relax, watch a little TV before they have to work. Yeah. Let them fucking do that. And if you're going to get an autograph, go to a controlled environment and get those autographs. It's very true. There are conventions that they go to where, yes, I know that you're going in, you're paying for a ticket to go and see them. I get that. But you've got everybody that you can see during that convention and go and get your autographs there or go to somewhere like Dark Parlor Parlor. One of these places that offer these, right? Yeah. Try to do something with them and say, hey, I've got this amount of what can we get done? Companies are always looking to help, especially if it's going to be a big name that they can say, we have had this name here to do so, right? So those are your controlled environments. Those are the ways to go about it. These people seeing this video makes me absolutely sick because this 100% is just for their gain and their gain alone. There is absolutely no way that they are getting these autographs for all the kids on this on their block. Absolutely no freaking no. way. They are taking these. They are reselling them on whatever platform they want to, whether it's eBay, Amazon, whatnot. It doesn't matter. They're reselling these for their own personal gain. We're taking advantage of these people. And I think it's absolutely disgusting that we're still doing this. And that's why I know many years ago, I remember a news story about Kanye West. He was uh, the paparazzi were after him. He was in a restaurant trying to eat. I understand why he snapped on the paparazzi there. I totally get it. Right. As much as I think he's a dick. I get it. <laughs> well, and and you've seen uh, some things like I remember watching a, a clip with John Cena, and uh, I, I don't re- don't recall the shop that he. Was I think at. I know you the video you're talking about. Is videotaping him, and I John Cena has done how many Make a Wishes? He almost stops and and like we've seen the videos of him signing yeah. thousands, and thousands, and thousands of stuff before a show, mm-hmm. um, and he gets visually upset with this guy because he didn't ask for permission for the thing and it's just simple as that like it's hey man like it's almost saying i don't care that you videotape me you want to know something Paris? Just do that's it not the first... do... no i that's know not, but... that's not the first time that uh, that guy has encountered john cena no i know <laughs> but it, it, it's just a an example of a statement that is these people are just that they're people right um, if you're going to ask for a photo and stuff like that, don't corner them. Don't approach them uh, aggressively. Be polite. Be, be a real nice human being and ask. If they say no, respect that answer. If, if there's ever a time to also understand that no is an answer, you have to just respect. This is another version of that, oh, yeah. uh, among others, that we won't get into. But... Just understand, like it, it. This isn't about you, like man. Like just respect is all that is needed here. Um, That's it. Because, like, would you like it if I went to your job, hypothetically, if it's at a like a warehouse, and you're trying to do your job, 
or maybe you're trying to go home from your job and I come in and I just run up to you with, uh, hey, can you sign all these? Can I, like, I got a photo, give me a picture and kind of like try to belittle you, like belittle you. Like it's, it's just rude and just obnoxious. And quite honestly, I'm surprised how many people don't punch these people in the face. The funny thing about that John Cena video is in that video, there's another guy who walks up to John Cena and asks him to take a picture. And John Cena agrees and gives him a picture. Yep. I'm, I'm sure that was also done knowing that the guy's right there and John Cena's like, this ain't an ad- attitude adjustment. This is the F. Yeah. <laughs> right. Right. Also, um, I, I know we were talking about it earlier. Uh, I am watching NXT and there is a thing explaining the gold rush. Hmm. Okay. So I thought it would be appropriate given how we just talked about it. Shawn Michaels tweeted saying NXT gold rush, a two week NXT TV special. Braun Breaker versus Seth Rollins for the World Heavyweight title main events next week. The winner of tonight's Baron Corbin. And I'm assuming that's Ilya Dragunov. I have no idea the Twitter handle. (laughs) Uh, Faces Carmelo for the NXT title in two weeks. So it's a collection of two separate shows featuring championship matches hence the gold rush as both shows made invented by championship matches okay so it's nxt's version of night of champions almost yeah but just to give you guys clarification on it because yeah we mention it. no that's good that's good always clarification is always good and and it's quick this was done quickly because they were like literally just found out about this new you know, like trademark that's come through and they're already going and talking about it and giving us this trademark of gold rush. So last night we talked about unexpected moments in WWE. Mm -hmm. I feel like this is an unexpected moment as well because WWE is, it seems right now that they're playing their plans for the future close to their, uh, they're playing the cards for their, their plans for the future close to their heart. Yeah, and not they definitely anybody are. on the outside come in and spoil it for us. Right? Which which you know what I absolutely love because I mean today's day and age, I've got my computer, I've got a tablet, I've got my cell phone, I've got all of these different things that are available for me just to go and there it is. Right? Yeah. And I'm so happy that this is being still kept close and coming out as these surprises because we need more of that. And it and it is Ilya Dragunov versus Baron Corbin. Okay, it just seemed way too Russian for me to think somebody else. But right, people have weird well, hands now. I'm going to go out on a limb and say Corbin wins because they're promote they're pushing for him and uh, Melo to wrestle. So I kind of want to see Ilya and Carmelo. <laughs> right, right. I think. But right I now, would, that's uh, the road they're going with Corbin. In fact, have a draw and give me a three way. That'd be awesome. That would be cool too. I definitely would be okay with that. That way, Ilya can take the pin, and then you can still build to a singles match between Baron and Carmelo. Hmm. Yeah, I like that. You know who isn't getting any hat? This is my promoter hat that I'm wearing right now. (laughs) (laughs) You know who isn't getting any uh, championship matches anytime soon right now? How do you tell? 
the maximum male models because where have they been? Well, apparently the talk right now is that we are going to get a repackaging happen as we kind of talked about last night, once again on, uh, you know, the raw watch along, um, the two of them getting a repackage since moving to main roster status, Maxine Dupree, um, you know, essentially leaving the group and siding now with Chad Gable and Otis with the Alpha Academy. Um, We needed to do something with them. Don't know what as of yet, but the talk is that, yes, there is creative plans for them that will be changing, which I guess is a reason why we haven't seen them on TV lately. Yeah. Chris, you look like you're itching to say something. I'm just thinking this is like a re re repackage for Mace. Mm -hmm. I mean, how many times are we going to repackage this guy before we realize it's not catching on? I don't know. I mean, he started off as what he was the ring, uh, the announcer for raw, which he, he was actually fine in that job. Right. And then he became Mace, the, um, Guy with a, I, I forget that stable. <laughs> Retribution. Yeah. Retribution. And now he's Marseille. So I don't know. Like, I, I'm Mansoor, I still have a lot of hope for him because he's, I, I think he's very talented. Yes. But I just don't know about Mace anymore. <laughs> I mean, Maybe. I would, I would flat out put Mansoor in into Sheer and make that a four man stable. Uh, and with yeah. Mace out, even look at targeting maybe a Bud Wagner uh, parent or something in, in that. Um, yeah, like I agree with you. Like, although I just, I just don't know. I like part of me also hopes they stay together as a tag team because that could really be a benefit in the tag team division. But yeah. I, I really yeah. don't know what could be with how I'm going to call it the facelift to the maximum male models. I don't know either. Um, Dio, Dio Madden, I guess, uh, you know, before as well, um, for Mace, you know, repackage, 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 repackage. I mean, there's only so many people that can do that. Chris Jericho is the greatest at repackaging himself, but he always kept yeah. the same freaking name. Yeah. Okay. One, one thing we have to understand too, a lot of these ideas that he had were in the Vince McMahon creative era. Um, he's yeah, never had so that's, true, that's why I say I don't even know about uh, him. Ideas. So um, who's to say if it's really him as the, the issue or maybe the fact that there is a bad correlation of communication between what the head of creative uh, at the time, Vince, and the expectation of what it is like for the performer. So right. uh, who knows? It's not like the maximum male model for drawing you millions and millions of dollars. They weren't no, necessarily prime time players, but um, and we already have pretty deadly pretty much pulling the same gimmick that yeah. uh, maximum male models was doing anyways. Exactly. Exactly. It'll be interesting to see long term what happens with them if they stay together, if they are separated, whatever this repackaging is going to be. We don't know just yet i i don't see them releasing mansoor because right now he's over with the saudi arabian crowd 
right? Oh, so it'd be a mistake to to let him go, right? And I don't think that either one of them are going to be let go. Mm-hmm. I think that just this repackaging is definitely going to happen for them. Yeah. But uh, I don't have a crystal ball. I can't see into the future. I can only speculate on things. Long term, no clue. Uh, I mean, there is rumors that a some cuts will be made eventually this year. Um, yeah, I read. I read post SummerSlam. They're looking at doing some cuts. Yeah. So this very well could be a hey, look, you've had a few of these opportunities now. We're going to give you one last one, make it count because it, this very well could be very similar to John Cena, right? Uh, he was. Def- it's no secret that he was primed to be a cut. He was told he was going to be a release. Um, yeah. until that you know european uh tour where you know they got caught he was caught rapping by stephanie mcmahon and then that led to that gimmick that right. ended up saving his career with wwe and whew, good call steph um yeah. but so who's to say at, at some point but uh, i wouldn't be surprised if this is dude you really need to do something with this if you don't you might have to look look elsewhere right and that's with anything, though. That's with any business. Really is. Unfortunately. Mm-hmm. Big business right now. Yes, we'll talk about some big business. For something that is essentially repackaged and new once again, Dwayne The Rock Johnson reflects on the first season of the XFL and talks about plans moving forward he took to twitter to uh respond to forbes magazine forbes magazine says uh the rock johnson says the xfl will succeed who wants to tell him he's wrong to which the rock responded i've tried to tell him his whole life but he's never listened to me with a uh, laughy smiley tongue out emoji <laughs> He says, I play the long game in business and XFL is no exception. We saw some nice successes and took some L's in our first season that we learned from. 75 to 100 XFL players will be competing in NFL camps this fall. That's a big number that will continue to grow season over season. We're in it for the long haul. Step by step. Ube, sorry. Step-by-step building the league of opportunity. Like with any venture, success takes time. And then he says, thanks, XFL fans, for the love and support. So unlike previous owners who just kind of said, I give up on this shit. The Rock has decided that he's in it for the long term, for the long game to go and give a hail freaking Mary to this entire business. I love it. And I'm happy. And I'm happy that he acknowledged that. Yes, they did suffer some L's, some losses, but they're learning from them to make things better. Chris best. What do you think about the XFL and what's been happening here? To be honest, I didn't even know they had their first season already. I thought they were still trying to build the, the league. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. So uh, for me, like, good on the rock for saying, like, you know what? Screw you. We're going to we're gonna push for this, and we're going to make it succeed, you know? Right. That's how he's always been. He's always been, like, how can I make myself succeed in this business that I'm in? 
Oh yeah, <clears throat> very much so. Very much so. Paris. And I mean, yeah. Oh, wait, sorry, go ahead, Chris. He took a major setback. He lost something like $60 million doing it. But that's, for anybody who's starting a new business, you have to expect loss in your first year. If you profit, you're failing. First five years of a business, yes, is very, very telling. And yes, within the first five years, expect losses. That's what I've learned from business anyways. Yeah. Well, and that's just the thing. You can't expect the overnight sensations, right? It's nice to have, but yeah. it's, it's not, not going to happen all the time. And the one nice thing is that there is potential. If anybody actually had the opportunity to watch XFL before the pandemic, that was one really unfortunate because that was really good football and a great mm-hmm. product. And I watched I a really, couple games. I really believed that that had an opportunity to really set some momentum um and it, it does give me a definitely a cross feel of watching cfl and nxf and and nfl um <laughs> don't ask me why. um but it's one of those things where it's an alternative um and that's just it and that's just it like if you love AEW because it is that alternative it is an impact it isn't wwe it's nothing like what you see in and maybe they just gave you a reason not to love uh, professional wrestling, but AEW does great. That's for you. Just like if if NFL is not your thing because it's too political, it's too uh, dramatic, or you just don't like the quality of the CFL and you want an alternative and you want something more than just college football, then yeah, the XFL could very well be for you. And I right. love the fact there's loyalty with the owner and the product. He believes in this product. And because of that, you're going to see uh, – a long tenure here uh, because he definitely has the money to do this. Despite mm. maybe the fact that he's had some setbacks in his, in his career. It's the rock. He's the number one drawn Hollywood. And at any point he can just call triple H and be like, yeah, I'm good for WrestleMania. Boom. There's a boatload of money in her pocket that he could just put towards the XFL. Right. Um, but I mean, it's, it's just not bad. It's not bad football people. It's just different. You got you got to enjoy it, um, and I bet you anything. If you gave it a chance, you will appreciate it. I watched a few games, and I actually was not disappointed. It's not like I put it on, and after a couple plays, a couple of possessions, I'm like, no, I, I I watched the game, and I was actually impressed the fact that I enjoyed it as much as I did. Um, but that's just me. I mean, but just give it an opportunity before you knock. And and as I said, like, I'm a guy who doesn't really watch football, but I watched a couple games that season and I was happy with what we were seeing. I still want to get me my uh, St. Louis Battlehawks jersey. Hang it right up on there. Jersey. Kaka. (laughs) Kaka. Oh, yes. Now where's Pluggo's comment? (laughs) (laughs) Right there. There we go. (laughs) What I love about this is that he is still being so positive after a lot of bullshits that has happened for him. Um, Black Adam taking a real nosedive in the box office. His TV young show Rock, getting canceled. Yeah, Young Rock being canceled. He's still remaining optimistic throughout all of these situations, including the XFL, which he actually co-owns with his ex-wife, Danny Garcia. Yeah. When so it, you also have to think if anybody understands that 
failures don't uh, define your success. It is Dwayne The Rock Johnson. Um, how many of those did he have before he truly made it large with the WWF slash WWE? Um, right. I mean, look, guys, at his, look at his tryout with uh, the Calgary Stampeders. Yeah. And also, like, he he was he could have been a shoe-in after college ball, um, but that didn't work out to where he wanted. He didn't land that NFL uh, gig. He went to the CFL. That didn't work out. He then went into the business professional wrestling. Rocky Maivia. That almost fizzled. didn't work out. <laughs> yeah, it, it, it went, and then it fizzled. Um, so, like, he had his own uh, collection of things that didn't go right, but that didn't mm. define what he was capable of. And I think he has a very similar mindset to the XFL and he's not going to let the XFL's name be tarnished because of one season. He's right. going to allow it because it might not have made money, but he probably doesn't look at it as a failure of a season. And that's a completely different mindset. And that's, that's the attitude of her, his grandmother coming into play. Cause his grandmother as a promoter, she pushed and pushed and pushed and fought against every other promoter that tried to overtake her. Mm -hmm. yeah. and no wonder why they worked with Vince McMahon <laughs> right? <laughs> right before we get to our final topic of the night here I want to let everybody know that if you want some merchandise from Turnbuckle Studios you can check out the link down below carlcarafel.redbubble.com yes you can get yourself a sweet Turnbuckle Talk shirt a Beats and Beatdowns t-shirt mug Mouse pad, I think, maybe. You want something a little more spooky-ooky-ish? Yes, we even have some Paramindful merchandise there. And this weekend, we'll be including two brand new t-shirts to the show. I'm sorry that OMD isn't here for us tonight. And Parrish, you're going to be covered up here, but I'm going to show everybody sneak peek. OMD's Locker Room Visit t-shirt will be available uh, coming up this weekend, as well as a visit to the Urination Station shirt available for all. Yes. And we'll look at other merchandise as well to put on there. But I want to say thank you to those who have made purchases already. And uh, every every time you make a purchase, yes, a little bit of it comes back to me, which helps me continue to pay for, you know, different things that I use, including the program that I have to do up these graphics. Yes, it definitely does. And this is our final topic for the night. The World Wrestling Entertainment Company, for those of you that are listening in audio format afterwards, it is done in the Walt Disney World font. Because we are going to be talking about Disney and the WWE. So we all know that things are going to be um, available for people to put bids on, um, you know, the, the, the deals, the five-year deals and stuff that have come into and, and they're, they're coming up to end, which means that other people can maybe start to put their hands in there and uh, throw around a little bit of money. One of the biggest names that has come out of that so far has been the possibility of the Disney Corporation 
having interest in the broadcasting rights for the WWE. Chris Best, what do you think about Disney possibly vying for this? So we know that Disney and NBC are basically rivals right now. Um, so if I see if Disney does do this, I can fully see them moving the network over to Disney Plus, which you know would be a positive for me because I've got Disney, Disney Plus. I got Disney Plus too. The networks I can see them moving Raw to, maybe on maybe say Monday nights on ABC, you could do it. Uh, Fox is also owned by uh, Disney, if I'm not mistaken, or at least has some ownership with that those networks. Yeah. Um, there's a lot of stuff you can do, but I'm I'm just a little bit leery about that because I know how strong the relationship between WWE and NBC has been as well. Right. <clears throat> I don't know, Parrish, what do you think? I think at this point, anything's on the table. I mean, we've seen in the same year, we've seen the WWE and the UFC merge. Uh, just last week, we saw uh, PGA and Liv merging. Uh, we're seeing a lot of things we didn't expect. Um, mm-hmm. Just in the last calendar year, we saw Vince McMahon retire. We've seen him come back. We've seen him uh, lose a lot of his share. Like, just a lot of things we didn't think were imaginable. Uh, right. But they happen. Why? Because at some point, money speaks. Um, and we know from the last time Raw and SmackDown were up for grabs for the television rights for the United States, uh, there was a lot of money spent oh yeah those right so, um so i wouldn't be shocked if uh we saw that and i wouldn't even be shocked if wwe is looking at p at uh maybe wanting to move away from peacock right and maybe maybe kind of bringing that network back and what a better place to bring it back to than the disney plus a place that knows how to do the streaming very well um and they've incorporated no issues with streaming yeah, yeah, and they've they've done a lot of sports too mm-hmm. recently. So, yep. I mean, it makes a lot of sense. I thought, why not like have a partnership with Disney in some way? You can always get that WWE ride uh, over at, uh, at Disney too. That I mm-hmm. think would be so beneficial. Um, oh yeah, and just imagine a, a an NXT show. At one of those at Disneyland or Disney World or something like that, and I almost guarantee you do something with Disney. I guarantee you, Matt Cardone is coming right back to WWE. Yep. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh yeah, hell yeah. But I mean, as as you said, Chris, they uh, there there could be a little bit of a thing with Fox, who does currently own the rights to SmackDown. Um, now with the partnership with USC, we who did have a partnership with Fox that still could be on the table. We even might even see ESPN come into play, but at the end of the day, uh, yeah, that's the other thing. I didn't think ESPN could show raw. Yeah. Uh, I mean, just imagine the possibility, especially with Pat McAfee now working there, that could be a bridge in the communication between ESPN, WWE. Yeah. Everything's on the table at this point. And that's still saying USA and fall very well could retain the, the rights here. They're not out of the books yet. And let's not forget, Disney isn't the only one that's uh, in the in this uh, bidding war that's going to be happening. Amazon has thrown their name in the hat as well. But the only thing I can see Amazon doing is maybe trying to acquire the rights for the WWE network. Yeah, right. I'm not exactly sure what they own as far as TV channels go. None that I'm aware of. <clears throat> Which means that if it's going to be on Amazon, I can guarantee you you're, you have to pay extra. 
Well, I mean, Amazon has kind of partnered with, uh, or, or maybe I've just seen commercials for it, but like uh, Stack, Stack TV, is it? Yeah. Right? Yes, so, doesn't and Amazon do Prime as well? Yes, Amazon yeah, that's does what, Prime. That's what I mean. It's Prime Video, WWE Network is going to show up on there. If yeah. I, yeah. If that so, was like, the case. Could be, it could be a branch to kind of help uh, the Prime out as well. Um, yeah. I mean, it's very interesting as long as. I mean, I don't think like for us, we're all Canadians, so it doesn't. It doesn't affect us hoping, in any way. No, because we all know with AEW, they, they TSN's with AEW and the sports sense with WWE. That's not mm-hmm. going to change for Canada, so like we don't have to really worry. In fact, we still got a network, so it's great for both <laughs> sets. Yeah. But, uh, for the people over in the states, um, yeah, it, it, it's really depending. And with Triple H kind of being the one in charge now. Who's to say if his perception of WWE being viewed on maybe those ESPNs or those, you know, keeping with Fox, but maybe those more sport heavy centric stuff might be a right. better direction because he does kind of have that uh, different of opinion than Vince does necessarily, mm-hmm. but understands how important, like you, like we're talking about, and Disney can actually be as well for a long term. Uh, that's why, it's why I was actually shocked not to see Disney as a bigger player in the purchase of WWE. Right? Me too. Me too. I definitely yeah. was uh, surprised by that. I want to thank my good friend Nick Miller over at WrestlingInc.com for the report that he has here about, uh, you know, the Disney and some reports coming from that. And I just want to read a little bit of his article here for everyone says, rather than looking to air the WWE programming on ESPN, Disney reportedly wants to pair the company with the FX network. So unlike on ESPN, airing on FX would ensure that Raw or SmackDown doesn't get preempted by any other sports broadcasting, which they take priority for some reason, right? Then he says that other media companies that could contend include, as we've already talked, Amazon, which would look to add programming to its growing selection of live content, Apple, and Warner Brothers Discovery being labeled as dark horses for the rights to the uh, broadcasting side of things. Okay, so I don't think it's going to be Discovery because right now they're in the middle of a merger with HBO right now. Okay. Still dark horse. True. Yeah, but like, it, it, if you're gonna merge or even a sale, like it's uh, that takes like a good chunk of a year to finalize. And yeah. if that's the case, they might be major players that don't be involved just because they're more worried about that as well. I know what you're gonna say it could be one of those things that could help add to it. Uh, it could work in in favor as well, but it's I. Personally, I don't I don't see it. They have time. Every one of these companies, whether they are going through any other type of merger right now, have time because the deals with Comcast and Fox that were signed in 2019 don't expire until October of 2024. So this is just a opening up of conversations that is able to happen now. Right. 
And for all we know, they could say, we're happy with what we've got and we're not going absolutely anywhere. Yeah, because right now they they said the NBC Universal negotiations for a new contract have closed, which leaves WWE open to look at other options with NBC Universal still throwing them offers. Exactly. Just because it's closed doesn't mean they still can't throw offers. They could be sitting back going, hmm. Let's use the interwebs and see, uh, you know, speculated what these people are doing. Okay, and here's what we're going to do now. Yeah. yeah. It, it, it's one of those old-fashioned tricks of negotiation of just saying, okay, well, you think uh, we're not worth this or you don't want to pay this? Okay, well, maybe we'll talk with somebody else. And this story comes out, we're talking that. And you don't know the numbers. And you're like, well, we don't necessarily want to see said other company uh, win this, mm-hmm. right? We'd rather lose to that person than you guys so but because of that we'll just pay the money and ultimately it gives wwe what they wanted um but uh we again like there there's so many things to say with very little information out there as in what could happen we just know the questions at hand and that is like you said carl october 2024 that's when we know things are they could change uh we know there's the story is now let's speculate on what we could see um disney being a major player but i mean i just know as canadians we just saw the sale of the ottawa centers hockey team um there were speculations that snoop dogg ryan reynolds were in there and over time that faded away so these things do have a process and they are ups and downs uh in negotiation so yeah I mean, maybe we'll find out more in a few months, but I mean, I know you said other, like these companies have time. WWE may not want, want to give them the time. They might want to get things done relatively quick. Understandable. Understandable. You know what else is quick? Uh, Dr. Pepper, Dr. Pepper. What? The shipping service that you can receive from our friends at Invasion Comics. If you're into comics, Funko Pops, collectibles, strategy games you name it go and check out invasion cnc.ca where you can find invasion comics and collectibles anything that you want that is available there on their website use the secure checkout and get it shipped to you at a really good rate and almost mock speed Live long and prosper. I can't do that. (laughs) I can barely do it. So, Gentlemen, I want to thank you so much for being part of this program with me. Chris Best, you will be co-host going forward, and I am super thankful for that. Parrish, anytime that you want to jump in, you know you are more than welcome to do so. You never have to ask. Just let me know. I want you to let everybody know what you've got going on with our local establishment coming up in the next little while. Well, you don't have to wait too long because tomorrow night, Ed Fries and I are right back at it with another edition of Wrestle Draft as we will appear just a little after 10 o'clock uh, Eastern there as we kind of set up kind of the finale of our season one. There's a lot of chunks of it. Um, I believe it's weeks, uh, I want to say 16 to 19. I could be wrong on there, but we are uh, setting up for the, you know, the finale here. So it's going to be a lot of fun. 
I am very much in, in the set. I'm still uh, in third, but I just took a major step and an inching closer and closer to both Ed and Eric Bischoff. So you never know what's going to happen. I kind of like to play that game of uh, not being the odds-on favor. We all we always see in sports, right? The team that always wins in the regular season tends to go out quick in the playoffs. Mm, I right. want to be that late bloomer that just goes to the uh, finals. And hey, look look at the the NHL finals tonight. Two epitome of that exact right there. Um, and then obviously this Sunday we've got busting out as uh, Bobby Munson and I are coming back with episode forty two. Uh, sorry, 43, and we have none other than MLW's number one contender winner, the Bat Riot 5, in our opinions, the next MLW heavyweight champion, Alex Kane. He is going to be in the studios. He is our guest. Yeah. We told everybody we were rescheduling, and we were scheduled for the special Father's Day edition with Alex Kane. So uh, you don't want to miss that. I can't wait till that show drops. <laughs> That's going to be this Sunday, Father's Day. That's when it's going to be happening. Chris Best, anything that you have that you want to put out there for the people? Okay, so you can find me on YouTube at CBRS Entertainment. I am very, very, very close to getting my stream started back up. Just a couple more little kinks I need to work out before I get that back uh, going and getting up and running. And with that being said... Mm. We bid you all adieu. Late bloomer Chris Best. He'll catch on. <laughs> Better late than ever. <laughs> Remember, everyone, the world's a scary place. Take care of each other. <laughs>